0: It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Tuesday, January 9th. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. Sitka's Assembly will begin the job search for a new city attorney soon. Municipal Attorney Brian Hansen is retiring at the end of June. The Assembly is responsible for hiring two city positions, the Municipal Attorney and Municipal Administrator. Hansen has worked as the Municipal Attorney for the last eight years. In his retirement letter addressed to the Assembly, mayor, and city administrator, Hansen recommends they begin the search for his replacement as soon as possible, considering the challenges of the current hiring climate. In a separate memo, Mayor Stephen Eisenbeis suggested the Assembly review the job description at the second meeting in January and then advertise for the position until April 1st. At the last assembly meeting, the group heard a quarterly update from Police Chief Robert Beatty. Some heated public engagement followed Beatty's report, mostly from former police department staff with concerns about the work environment. While the assembly didn't address the issue at that meeting, tonight they'll take up one police-related item on the agenda, issuing a proclamation from Governor Mike Dunleavy's office, declaring January 9th Alaska Law Enforcement Appreciation Day. The Assembly was also going to consider whether to nominate former Assembly candidate Steve Lee to the Police and Fire Commission, but Lee withdrew his application earlier this week. In other business, the Assembly will consider updates to the code for operating all-terrain vehicles on Sitka's roads and will consider whether it wants to support an organization, job classification, and compensation study for the city. The Sitka Assembly meets at 6 p.m. tonight at Harrigan Centennial Hall. Raven News will broadcast that meeting live following Alaska News Nightly. The second session of the 33rd Alaska Legislature begins later this month. Rebecca Himschut represents House District 2, which includes 21 communities in southeast Alaska, Sitka and Petersburg being the two largest. Himschut recently stopped by KCAW to share her views on a number of issues important to the district, starting with the Alaska Marine Highway. The bipartisan federal infrastructure bill is pouring hundreds of millions into renovating the state's ferry system. However, Himschutz says this year the Marine Highway's emphasis will be on hiring crews for seven ships and bringing the Kennecott, and perhaps the Matanuska eventually, into service.
1: She urges residents to be patient for at least another year. It's unlikely we'll ever go back to peak service that we had at one time, but we are going to get better service with newer vessels starting in 2025. They should be building the new vessels, so... We'll try to crew up the vessels we do have, we'll try to nurse along the vessels we do have and and keep the service we have now, adding in what we can, where we can. And when I say we, I'm talking about the ferry service and then the plans for the test replacement vessel are sort of the linchpin for all of it because that's going to be how they modify and build new docks and they're trying to make it so that every vessel can go to every port so that we're not back in this jigsaw situation that we're in now. Another major issue in the district is the
0: potential formation of a Huna borough. It's a controversial topic for Chichigoff Island residents outside of the town of Huna. Himschut is going to let the process play out before she weighs in.
1: I'm gonna wait until that goes through the Boundary Commission and comes to the legislature. And, you know, it's not the first time that, time that they've tried. I know that Pelican has declined. Gustavus has declined, and so What they're trying to form is a really large area, and I know the state would like more boroughs to be formed. It just takes a little bit of the burden off the state. So if there are winds all around, I can't see being opposed to it, but I'd like to let it go through the process.
0: Although it's not a legislative issue, Hemshoot has been working to rally local and tribal officials in her district to oppose the creation of a special postal zone for Hawaii and Alaska. The public comment period closed on January 4th. Himshu believes setting higher rates for the country's youngest states is contrary to the mission of the U.S. Postal Service.
1: It will be hugely, I don't want to say disastrous, but it's going to change life for all of us if we have to start paying a much higher rate for post.
0: One of the largest public works project in the district in coming years is likely to be the new hospital in Petersburg. Hemshoot agrees there is significant need, but landing state money to support the project could take time.
1: Yeah, I think that the... Um, Hospital leadership and various folks in Petersburg have done a good job of making sure that Senator Stedman and I are aware of the need. And uh, I enjoyed a really thorough tour of the building. And they're doing a great job of making the patient care area welcoming. And you could think it doesn't really need to be replaced until you go into the the heart of the building. And I was allowed to look at Alaska's third oldest freight elevator and other parts of the facility that really are outdated and constructed in a way that really can't be replaced. So I will, along with the Senator, be looking for opportunities to help Petersburg with with the big project.
0: The Alaska Fish and Wildlife Trooper Enforcer recently reached the end of its service life. The boat is moored in Ketchikan, but patrols much of Himshoots
1: district. She supports replacing the enforcer. I think the governor has included, funding for a new southeast trooper vessel in the budget, and we're going to need to to keep that funding in there and make sure that's supported. So that's probably nothing that community members are going to be banging on the door to make sure it happens, but I think it's an important part of making sure that we have the ability to respond to emergencies in southeast.
0: Himshut also agrees with the governor's proposal to fund more personnel to manage food support for low-income Alaskans.
1: Adding 30 eligibility technicians so that we can get SNAP benefits to vulnerable Alaskans in a timely way, that's a win, and that needs to stay in the budget, and I'm grateful to the governor for having that in there. So there are things that are good that we need to keep, some things that we need to change, and some things that we might be able to let go.
0: Representative Rebecca Himshute is an independent from Sitka who represents House District 2 in the Alaska Legislature. You can find previous reporting on Himshute's effort to align residency requirements for hunting and fishing licenses with the Permanent Fund Dividend and her views on education funding on our website, kcaw.org. The legislative session begins on January 16th. A Sitka grand jury in December indicted two men on charges ranging from terroristic threatening to assault. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports.
2: Police arrested 47-year-old James Thompson on Christmas Eve after he allegedly barricaded himself in his home and told police he had a firearm. Police were attempting to contact Thompson about an open warrant when the situation escalated. They broke down Thompson's door, deploying smoke grenades, and arrested him. On December 28th, a Sitka grand jury indicted Thompson on two counts of terroristic threatening in the second degree, Class C felonies, and a misdemeanor count of assault in the fourth degree. Thompson is in custody at Lemon Creek Correctional Facility in Juneau. The same grand jury indicted 22-year-old Benito Joseph Martinez on several assault and criminal mischief charges. Martinez was arrested on December 26 after a neighbor called 911 to report Martinez and a victim screaming in an adjourning apartment. Police arrived at the scene and, after an investigation, arrested Martinez. During the arrest, police say Martinez resisted and attempted to flee and an officer tackled him. The victim was taken to the hospital and treated for injuries. On December 28th, Martinez was indicted on a count each of assault in the second and third degree, both felonies. He was also indicted on one count of misdemeanor assault in the fourth degree, two counts of criminal mischief, one count of interfering with a report of a crime involving domestic violence, and one count of resisting or interfering with arrest. Both Thompson and Martinez have tentative trial dates scheduled in February. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose.
0: KCAW omits some details of assault cases in an effort to protect the victim's identity. Glaciers across southeast Alaska and British Columbia are retreating fast, uncovering long-frozen streams and valleys that could be new habitat for Pacific salmon. But the melting ice will also expose land that mining companies are eager to explore. As KTOO's Anna Canney reports, a new study warns that outdated mining policies and environmental protections don't do enough to protect the emerging salmon habitat.
3: The Gitanyahu tribe of British Columbia has long relied on two productive salmon streams, known as the hana Tatina Creeks. But Taramarsden, Tara Marsden, the tribe's sustainability director, says a tribal fishery study back in 2016 revealed that salmon are changing their spawning habitats. We
2: learned that Strong Creek, which is called Sikh Alan in our language, was actually really productive and over 40% of the spawners were in this creek which historically had not been a producer.
3: It's not been a producer because 100 years ago most of the creek was covered by a glacier. But climate change is rapidly transforming the landscapes of western Canada and southeast Alaska. With warming fueled by the burning of fossil fuels, many of the region's glaciers will melt away by the end of the century. In their wake, they'll leave thousands of miles of brand new salmon stream. Researcher Jonathan Moore with Simon Fraser University says those streams may be threatened before the fish even get there.
2: We have a choice as to how we steward those nascent ecosystems. Are we going to protect them, or are they going to be mined?
3: In a new study, Moore, Marsden, and their collaborators compared maps of glacial retreat, potential salmon habitat and mining claims across more than 100 watersheds in the transboundary region of Alaska and Canada. They found that much of the region's new salmon habitat overlaps with an area known as the Golden Triangle, a mining hotspot in Canada's western Stikine region, where dozens of mining claims have already been staked on the newly melted land. Canada grants mining claims relatively freely. And according to Moore, the country's environmental protections don't consider how the landscape will be altered by climate change.
2: Perhaps that's not surprising. given how fast the world is changing and how hard it is to change policy. But I think there's an urgent need for environmental laws to look to the future and ask whether they're protecting future habitats and not just current habitats.
3: And Marson says getting a mining claim in new salmon habitats is often easier than protecting them.
2: The hurdle that gets created when they stake their claims is that then they're they're owed something. We've sorted these lands for ten thousands of years and, and we're not anything.
3: Still, tribal governments are finding ways to protect new salmon habitat. In the Gitanyahu Territory, the hana Setina Creeks were already part of an indigenous protected area. When salmon were discovered in the nearby Sika Lawn, the tribe expanded the area to include it. And the study's authors note that it's possible for federal and provincial governments to do the same. Last summer, the U.S. Forest Service established a proactive ban on mining in areas where Juneau's Mendenhall Glacier is retreating. In Juneau, I'm Anna Kenny.
0: I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.